welcome to the Hawkeye Hall here on 1700 The Champ. Red Ridge, Dave Craig Jr. with you here at G-Mix in West Des Moines. We are inside now because of the brief rain shower that is going over. Because uh, of lightning. Uh, oddly enough, ironically enough, uh, there was nothing out there. We were setting up on the patio, and then we looked at the radar, and it said 6 o'clock, 60% chance of rain. So we're inside again. We're, we're going to be a lot of the winter. But we'll uh, hopefully be back the outside next week. Yeah, I know. Right. Hey, we may need to do some sort of a bubble thing out there sometime, just for kicks and giggles in the middle of the winter. Yeah, Get okay. The, all right. I'll, anyway. set, I'll set you up. Anyway, there. we're here uh, in, uh, in Valley Junction, Fifth Street. Come on down and join us. Uh, still steak nights on Tuesdays, right? I've seen them smelling them coming by. You know, good crowd uh, coming yeah, by. Yeah, good crowd in here. Very, uh, very nice. And hey, let's. Uh, Let's enjoy talking about a victory tonight because I feel like on Saturday night I was not adequately enthused about the fact that Iowa won a game 27 to nothing. I think I was more enthused after the last quarter and a half that I watched at 1.45 a.m. than I was in the stands for the first hour of the game. And we can kind of talk about why that is, but, but I'll say this. Iowa now have a 27 nothing win over Nevada. They're two and one. Saturday they go to Rutgers, uh, who is not a good football team. They're not a bad football team, but they're not a good football team. Uh, six o'clock on BTN. Have we ever played a good football team in your mind, Brett? Uh, we played Michigan the following week at 11 a.m., which what about is Iowa absolutely State? Is Iowa State meeting your good football team quota yet? At since this three point, at this point, at it's currently three and favored at home over the preseason uh, uh, Big Twelve I am, favorite. Of I am right now on the. Iowa State could be good bandwagon, and not, not only because I want them to be, but I actually am, I am on the, I think they might be better than we gave them credit for bandwagon. We'll see how that goes. Um, I think Nevada may be better. And you, you saw the incarnate word thing, and so you immediately dismissed it, right? But I went back and looked. Hey, they won their previous game 42 to, t to 10, right? So it's not like Nevada came in having not done anything, right? So they've scored 40 in two games. Iowa holds them to nothing. Right? Correct. Iowa State has scored 40 in two games. Iowa held them to 10. That's not too bad. And South Dakota State, by the way, they, they did struggle against uh, UC Davis and won, but then they UC won. UC Davis easily. is good. 26-25, mm -hmm. and UC Davis is a top-10 team. And then they did uh, they beat somebody, North Dakota there, or something, uh, North Dakota something the other day by 40 to 10. Again, so these are good. Uh, th these, these are omens that come back to say, Iowa's played a couple of teams that are maybe not as bad as we thought they were. We'll see how it goes from here. On Saturday night, out walks Spencer Petrus. Now, the first thing that I said, the last thing I said to you when I picked up the parking pass, because you didn't go the other day. Right. I made a wise choice. And you did. Although we had a blast in the afternoon, didn't we, Andrew? Uh, we had a really good tailgate day. Yeah, well, but considering you didn't bring anything and you went and mooched off I, everyone. Uh, of your we buddies. did. We went on walkabout. We did. We, went, we, we brought our own cooler. We walked with our own beer and booze right we just we just didn't have any food but anyway Andrew explain to me the beer and booze combination that you may have been walking with was it leftovers or did we have anything new sprinkled in, there. Sprinkled in. all yeah, right fair lots enough of lots of different things fair enough um and it was being <laughs> shared as well but um anyway I said as I walked away from your door he's going 14 for 26 for 170 yards I will confirm that he did say this and I looked at him and I said well if we win it shouldn't matter right and it didn't matter, but he went 14 of 26 for 175. He had five more yards than I gave him credit for, but I nailed, nailed exactly what the stat line for Spencer Petrus was going to be and the fact that everybody was suddenly going to be encouraged by this because he wasn't going to be god-awful. And guess what? He wasn't god-awful. Well, he was actually 
okay. He had it, a 50.3 quarterback rating, still the lowest in the Big Ten for the week, but it was better than the three that he got the week before that and the one the week before well, that. Well, <coughs> what were the things that made you encouraged? He threw the ball eight times down the field beyond 20 yards, which uh, 20 yards had been our longest play so far to date. In neither one of those passes were 20 yards in, in length. They, they were all 15 yeah. to 18 yards. Yep. So the fact that uh, we got three receivers back, uh, Keegan Johnson, Nico Reganey, we Brody Brecht had played four plays prior to that. Um, those are three scholarship receivers. Clearly showed Spencer had a lot more confidence in what he was doing to the extent that he basically forgot to throw the tight ends the balance of the night. I did, uh, I was encouraged by the formations, the motion, uh, wheel routes that were going to uh, wide receivers. Arlen Bruce's touchdown was essentially a fake reverse that he just kind of kept going uh, down the Man, sideline. Man, was he open. Oh. Yes, he was. And, and uh, thankfully, uh, Petrus and he connected in, in it wasn't a it wasn't a perfect pass, but it was a touchdown. Yeah, that was the one that and people were getting back. I was tweeting about how I, I said I said it was horrible. It really wasn't horrible. It was just thrown way too early with no pressure, and he made him dive for it. But hey, it still was a they, completion. So they it's caught good, it. They caught right. it. So you know, uh, and and had any one of the five passes that were thrown beyond twenty yards that were incomplete been caught your numbers would have been off by about 30 or 40 yards. Well, was, uh, certainly Brody Brecht had one where he turned the wrong direction, and I, I, at the time I'm thinking, well, okay. Well, there was, there was one that he, he, his arm was actually being held, and he reached up and he tried to move the other one and he couldn't move right. his left arm. I was like, oh, man, that's too bad they didn't call Those that. were both nice balls, right? They were both balls. I, I'm not going to say they were perfectly thrown, but they were the, well the thrown. Only, the, only, the only pass footballs. he really missed was Nico in the back corner of the end zone uh, is he was yeah. kind of going yeah. to the – the flag route there, and he missed that one. But other than that, I th I was so happy to see him throw the ball down the field. It opened up the running game, and we found <laughs> we we found a uh, fairly good freshman little running back there, Caleb Johnson. Well, be, uh, yeah, okay. So before we go there, I do. So as this game wore on, almost every sub on the Iowa, everybody in the two deep played, and everybody into the three deep played, except for the backup quarterbacks. Now, Kirk, look, I get it. I understand what you're doing here. You don't want the controversy. You want everybody to prove uh, we're proving that Spencer's the guy. But good God, this is the same stuff you did with Vandenberg. So clearly now, so Alex Padilla will not play a game. Regard if I was up sixty to nothing, he will not play a play this year. So uh, that's absolutely ridiculous. Well, and it's and stubborn. And, and that's, it's, it's stubborn. not going to happen. It's Padilla, stubborn. Brett Padilla's going to get in a game, okay? And somewhere down the line, I, Spencer's he's a little brittle. He, he, his immobility is going to affect him in some fashion. He might get his helmet knocked off in, in a game, perhaps in the Michigan game, and he'll have to go out for at least one play, right? So something is going to happen. Unless, of course, we call a timeout so that he can stay in the game. Kirk somehow got it done with Matt Vandenberg for an entire year where he did James. not want to. James Vandenberg. Matt Vandenberg the, married the, the, Laura. Laura. Yeah. I get it's easy to get that confused. Yes. She's on the, on the mind. But, but what I'm saying is this. Let's say Padilla gets no appreciable uh, snaps during the year. So Spencer's going to graduate. Padilla's going to leave. There's no way he's coming back. He's uh, no. I would, and I and would. now we're going to come out with Joey Lapis 
who, a, who we gave no snaps to as well. Who's a, which is what a happened. redshirt sophomore who hasn't played a down. Which is what happened with Jake Rudock, right? Is that that the only he was not Jake allowed. Rudock had enough talent that he got into the NFL and played for multiple years. He had. He I'm was not saying Joey Labus doesn't have that. Well, who, the, who the hell would know? This is my point: is that Jake Rudock was so good that he went to the NFL for three years, played for the Lions, actually played for the Lions, but he didn't get a snap as a backup that year that Kirk decided he was going to show everybody who he's going to be and, and keep Vandenberg. This is not it. That's just not the way you need to do this. you got to let these guys have a few snaps. Now, considering uh, you're running the Flintstones offense, <laughs> you're exactly right. Uh, we, we ought to be able yeah. to get in and put in all of the reserves. Right. Let's let's let, let them play. Let, we're going to talk about There were some really impressive reserves, by the way, if you stayed up late enough. You saw some guys on the defense or that I want to see you, more Even on. if you got up early enough yeah. on Sunday, right. just watch it before the NFL starts. Let's go back to Johnson, Caleb Johnson, because uh, Iowa – look, Tom said it before the season uh, that this is a kid that's probably going to be starting by midseason. The first touchdown, he he broke uh, well, he made two a, tackles. Well, and then a great play right, right in the middle of the field, runs right into their safety and just knocks him down and then takes off to the corner right in front of right. where we sit. And I thought, he's – He's barely running, and right. yet he, right. it, no one caught him. It, it, so that was my reaction to the other, the 55-yard right. touchdown. I thought he wasn't running, and there's they've got a clock on him. He, at some point in time, like around the 20-yard line, he was running 30 miles an hour, so the fastest in college football for the week, right? But it looked like he was not in overdrive, right? He was barely moving, right? He's just cruising, right? Well, who's doing that? Picture cam in Prairie City? Uh, I somebody, mean, good somebody, Lord. By the way, Kelsey, list. slow down. Yeah, somebody's got but um, so he he is clearly the talent that they need to have in terms of power and speed. And I will say on that play, Jennings Dunker had the lowest pro football focus uh, grade but of the week. The but he destroyed the but he destroyed the dude on the corner there for that for that touchdown and sprung Caleb Johnson. So we'll give him credit for that. But I like what Johnson brings to the table in a lot of different ways. How well, can you not? Right? Well, in you know seven rushes for 103 yards, two TDs. Right. And of course, it's a it's a sad reason that he. He was in there with um, LaShawn. LaShawn Johnson's father passing away and, and him having to leave the team to Williams. go. I said Johnson. Johnson. We got all yeah, these Johnsons. William. William. LaShawn William. We got two Williams, His three father Johnsons. passed away and right. he had to leave the team, yes. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah. I'm sorry. But yeah. and he left the team and he's He'll be back. back. He's back. He's in good form. Kirk mentioned that today that he's going to be back for the Rutgers game, which is good. There's, there's never a bad thing when you've got three good, solid running backs. Um, and even the other freshman uh, came in late in the game. Yes, Patterson, right? Yeah, he looked he looked like a bull in a china shop, didn't he? Really? Man, he was knocking guys around, and it, it, I, I like the way he runs the whole nine yards. He runs hard, and he likes taking the contact. That was really fun. I'm telling you, it was fun. If you made it, if you were able to stay up and watch. Or again, if you got up you early Sunday morning. You it did require you to watch at 1.30 in, so in look, the night so to make it any since better. Since this is how we do our show. Since David didn't go, Andrew and I went, and we we left at the first rain delay. We went over to a friend's house, and we sat around for about an hour, I, ate some food, and finally be, drove home. It should be noted that I texted you as soon as it went off and said, you, you should, should get just home, go home. Uh, yeah. and you'll be home before they start yeah. football again. Well, we were home before they started football again. We walked in the door at 1130. They played two snaps, and then they went back to, to a delay. I got into bed. Tammy looks at me and she's like, you're not going to seriously leave this on, are you? And I'm like, it's only midnight. 
I dozed for 45 minutes. I literally, and somehow in my sixth sense, I woke up, didn't miss it's a play. A, actually, didn't miss a play. Actually, what it is, is it's the, the change in audio when they go from whatever you're watching, which I think was Big Ten Eats. Audio was down, but it was, you're right, it was Big Ten Eats in, and, in Iowa City. And, and, then it, and then it went to whatever the play-by-play -play was, and it immediately came on. And the same thing happened to me when, when they came out and started to warm up. I was like, okay, here we go. I'll, I'll make it. I'll make this now. And that was misguided. Because when it came, when, <laughs> it, went, when it went off, <laughs> it, it midnight or 10 to 11.50, whatever time they ran back in after the one play, I was out. I said, okay, I am not waiting until the – because I was like, when's this going to start again? Doing the, doing the math in my head going, there's no way they're going to start before 1, 1.15. And they didn't. It was 1.15. No, 12.50. 12.50. 12.50 they started. And I, I turned off the TV at 1.45, so I caught, caught the rest it, of it. The game and ended at 1.39. And, it, you know, when you give uh, Nevada, you wonder why. It's because Iowa coaches could have – they were saying, let's quit, right? It's done, right? Nevada coaches are saying, hey, we're here, let's play. And Iowa coaches are like, okay, you got to give Nevada credit. I mean, they flew up there. They're, 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 they came to play the game, right? They, well, where were they going to go? Right, what, right. You're going back to your hotel? You can on the airplane? Yeah, whatever. I mean, they were they're going out till Sunday morning anyway, yeah. so you might as yeah. well play the football game. Good for them. Finish it up, right? And they wanted to see what they could do in matching up with Iowa. Thought maybe they, they thought maybe they'd have a comeback after a long layoff. Well, right? I'll, I'll tell you what. You have to give it up for the Iowa defense here. Um, yep, yep. In spite of those long delays, they never lost focus at all. Um, Nevada came out, finally, attempted that field goal. I'm not sure. Was it long enough? It was certainly wide right. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure it was even long I enough. Think was, I think it was wide. It, well, in, I kind of like Matt Millen as a, as a color guy. Do you? I think I'm, he misses a lot. No, no. I, I, think, he I think he's got an energy and an enthusiasm, but I think he misses so oh, much. Oh, I don't think he's missing anything. I think he's, he's looking at it from an NFL perspective and what he's looking at as opposed to – um, I mean, Joel Klatt's the best there is, okay? In college football, well, sorry, Herb Street, Joel yeah. Klatt, those guys are as good as it gets. Um, I think Millen's pretty darn good. On that on that, that Caleb Johnson touchdown, Millen points out the Monty Potibom block but doesn't say anything about Jennings Dunker destroying the guy in the corner. I, I just think he misses a few things here and there. But you're right. I, I think he. I think he puts the right enthusiasm. I, I read some criticisms of him. I don't think they're. Look, we've got a. There are plenty of guys you can criticize who are color commentators, and he's one that's kind of not. I, I, I would. I would leave him off the list. Right. The I number agree. of people who criticize us is very minimal. Yeah, you know. <laughs> exactly. Well, but you know, you're right. So the defense gives up 150 yards to a team that was was gaining 400 yards a game. Right. So uh, again, another team. Shut down. Uh, another couple of interceptions. Um, Terry Roberts should have had one for a touchdown, but you Dude know, jumped yeah, offside. Right? He was clearly Terry offside. played a terrific game, uh, and of course Cooper DeGene with another interception. And she not a, not it, by the way, not he's not getting interceptions that are balls that are popping up in the air and dropping in his bread basket. These are balls that he's anticipating where they're going to go and well, stepping in front of the receivers. The, was it the second play of the game? I think it was either the second or third play of the game. That he oh yeah, he dropped one that was going. That was he was he was already the in way. the yeah, end zone up, yes. in his brain, yep. and he forgot the football. So um, yes, Cooper Gene is clearly proven everything that that we had ever hoped he would be uh, when he came out of that extraordinarily small school 
when he was doing everything over there. Um, how fun was it to watch Aaron Graves bull rush a guy and well, get a sack? And then the very next play, bull rush a guy and run him right into uh, his buddy on the defensive line there. So the impressive guys there, obviously Graves, super impressive. He's going to get more playing time this week. There, I talked about Castro. it, Castro. Right? right? Castro, <laughs> right? I'm, you're, go you're not reading my sheet, but Castro and Pittman, Jeremiah Pittman. Low center of gravity reminds you so much of uh, Jaleel Johnson sitting in the middle of that line. There oh, that's the guy who's got the sack. On, 55, on yeah. Graves. Comes yeah. out of nowhere. Out of Iowa, destroys people. These are the three guys that are going to be part of this defense. I'll tell you who else are Higgins, hot, hot, hot. All right, we'll be back. We'll grab Tom Kaker at HawkeyeReport.com when we come back on the Hawkeye. Just so everybody realizes, this is the first time I've mean, never had AMF ever. Even last year. They're just in a short while. It, it works. It's working great now. The, the FM signal sounds terrific. Yeah. Right? Makes so us that's very clear. cool. It, it, it is. We're here at G-Migs as we are going to be all the way through the winter sports season for the University of Iowa. Brett Ridge and Dave Creighton Jr. with you here. Uh, Stakenet, come through and join us, and uh, we'll talk about some of our other great sponsors, many of whom are in the house tonight. It's they like to come support to us. It's good to see you. Uh, we'll be talking about that here in just a little bit. And, of course, uh, enjoying um, a little something to eat and a little something to drink here at G-Migs as we move forward. Um, Cyclone Friends of the Hawkeye Hill. Okay, we got to mention Cyclone Friends of the Hawkeye Hill are behind us, right here. <coughs> They're always here, usually. Yeah. And we're rooting for Iowa State this week because it makes Iowa look better because at this point that's where we want to go with things. Um, I want to get to Tom Caker of HawkeyeReport.com right away. Uh, I thought I heard him being dialed up, so I'm assuming he is here. Good afternoon, Tom. Guys, I can barely hear you. So if there's anything they can do to amp you guys up a little bit in my world, that would be wonderful. Okay, we'll hope back in the studio they can do that for you. We got ourselves over-modulated as it is right now, but we'll see how we're doing, Tom. Hey, um, so the one question mark as we started looking at position moves and things that started to happen last week was that Tyler Ellsbury came in at a certain point in time in the game, he got 20-some-odd snaps and ended up with the best rating by Pro Football Focus for the offensive line. He's got to be part of the plan going forward, doesn't he? Um, yeah, I would think so. Um, and I think he is. He, Kirk was asked about that today. and He said he was in the discussions for, um, you know, potentially – you know, the guard position, even the center position. So I, I think there's, you know, some some options there. So, Tom, as, as I noted um, towards the end of the game, Logan Jones hurt his arm or wrist or something, and he came out and they moved Ellsbury over to center. Did Kirk talk about that at all on uh, injury report today, or is it just like a bruise or something? I, I couldn't hear what you asked. I'm sorry, Tom. Uh, Logan Jones, what was his uh, injury on Saturday night? Logan Jones? I don't think he was injured. Well, if you, wa if you watch the replay late in the game, he comes. There was a play, and it was towards probably the last five plays that Iowa had. And he, he came out, he was shaking his hand, and then Ellsbury moved over to center. Okay. Yeah, I, I, it may have been when I was headed down to the 
the field yeah, at that probably. point. So it, I did it was 1.45 in the morning, Tom, so, you know, things like that. Yeah. By the way, I did get it. I did get I during the game I did get an angry tweet from one of you two. And somebody it wasn't deleted from it, me, Tom. It, it, I shall remain. Uh, maybe you saw later on Sunday morning. I have vowed, I'm no longer doing angry tweets. I'm rescinding my in-game tweeting, Tom. Well, the, How's the, that? the disappointing thing was that you deleted it before I could uh, before I could light you up on Twitter. <laughs> no, I did it. I know. I got rid of it. <laughs> oh. I saw things that I said that I was like, nah, I shouldn't say that. That's not true. That's not good. Oh. But, you, you know, so I, I, I apologize, Tom, and I have uh, – and I publicly apologize for being grumpy <laughs> through most of the game, right? Because at the end of the day, Iowa won 27 to nothing, and I felt really good about that. And I didn't you feel like Spencer grew in, in confidence – just I don't and I don't think it was just having the receivers back in there. I think he just his timing just looked better overall. He just started standing up and throwing the ball in rhythm somewhere mostly in that last hour and a half, I thought. It's 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 one thing and the other, you know, kind of together, I think. It was I think it was a combination of two things. One, you get some guys back out there that um, can make plays. And I think that helps. But also, the game plan changed. I and mean, Iowa hadn't thrown a pass down the field all season, two games in. They just hadn't done it. And other than, you know, kind of a, what was it, a little, uh, you know, 20-yarder to, to Arland, uh, and that was about it uh, in the first two games. Uh, you know, they were one of three teams in the country that didn't have a, a, a play beyond 30 yards in the first two games. Uh, but they stretched the field, and I think that's Spencer's strength. His strength is not throwing those balls to the sidelines. It's not. I, I don't think it's ever been his strength. I would his agree strength is down the middle of the field. Now he might miss some throws, he might overthrow, might misread something, but his, his abilities down the, down the line or down the, the hash marks I think are the strength of his uh, his passing ability. Well, I couldn't agree with you more, Tom. And you know, I, the first time they threw down the field, I, I got up out of my chair and I stood up and I was like, "Yes, finally, they threw it down the field." And I and I truly appreciated the fact that they did that. And, and, and here, here's 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 one other thing, guys. Two weeks from now, or a week from now, maybe Brody Breck probably catches both those passes. Right. Yeah, it, it, that was apparent. I got on him a little bit at that point, too. And you go back and think about it. He's been playing with the team for six weeks, right? So you're right. He probably does catch that. This, this has the potential to be one of those stories where Iowa football grows throughout the year to the point where by the time you get to the end of the year, you're what you thought you were at the beginning. The defense is so good. It's going to hold teams in games, and the offense could grow to, to grow into themselves, and suddenly you're pretty darn good at the end of the year. And the fact is it doesn't even have to grow very much. It just has to get to be adequate. <laughs> Average. Adequate. Yeah. You, you, guys, you guys realize that the Big Ten West is a dumpster fire. No question. It is. I mean, and, and the team that, that might end up being the best out of the bunch – or at least right now, you think maybe Minnesota. 
at least they've gotten off to the best start, and they just lost their best wide receiver for the year. So, And they haven't played anybody either. They played Western no. Illinois, Colorado, who's the worst Power 5 conference team in America today, and um, you know some other tomato can that they beat. So they haven't New really Mexico done State. anything. New Mexico State. And they haven't done anything. You know, they really haven't. And New Mexico State, Nevada is other victory, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they beat them. And that New Mexico State guy threw, what, three or four picks in the first half in that game? Yeah. Right. And they dumped that yeah. quarterback. So, um, yeah, they're just – there's a ch- – Iowa's, Iowa's got a chance. You know, it's never going to be pretty this year. It's just not. No. I don't think they're built for pretty. Uh, but could they, you know, ride the – Ride the lightning a little bit and, and kind of get there. And, and uh, you know, I think beating Ohio State will be tough. But Impossible. I'm, there, I'm not knocking Iowa's chances next week against Michigan. You know, I've seen I've seen things like that happen at Kinnick. Oh, yeah. we, we, oh, all, yeah. we all have. In the, fact, five of the last six times that a, a yeah. top five team the, is coming to The difference is that's usually a 2.30 or a 3 o'clock or a night game. Well, that'll be – by the way – It'll this be, will be a test Michigan's first. Ro- it'll be Michigan's first road game of the year too. Yeah, that's true, and they hate playing there. And it, it, you know, Iowa is in Jim Harbaugh's head. You know, they are in Kinnick so, because of what's going at on. At Kinnick, at Kinnick, yes. At, yes. at uh, Lucas Oil Stadium, no. No, not, yes, no, not at, so much. <laughs> no, but but it, but I think Kinnick, right? He's he he had that experience. He lost that '85 game. He's he's had trouble. It, he we're in his head in Kinnick. So let me ask you this, uh, guys who are in and out this week. Um, so it sounds like Keegan Johnson back out. He's out. Noah Shannon? He's out. What are we looking at there? Maybe. Maybe. I think Noah wants to play. I think he's, he's it's his shoulder um, and it's bothering him. Uh, but I think he wants to be out there. So I, I I, w- I would bet on him being out there, but that's just me. Tom, do you think we get more Aaron Graves than uh, Steck yes. at D-Tackle? Yeah, I think you'll see more Aaron Graves. I think, you know, um, Louis Steck's trying his best. I just think maybe their best options are probably Aaron Graves and playing Lucas Van Ness at D-Tackle. Until, well, you know, this is where um, not having – Wyatt Black right now really hurts. Um, no question. Because he could have moved right into that starting role, I think. And yeah, there's be no question. A little bit longer with that broken foot. And Justin Jacobs may be uh, a possibility this weekend as well. Yes, Justin. Um, I actually talked to Justin on Saturday as he was coming off the field before the game, and he was out there doing. Some just light work, just trying to, you know, stretch out or whatever. And I asked him, I said, well, are you going to gonna be ready to go next week? And he was like, planning on it. So that was his plan was uh, hopefully being back uh, this week. And that'd be, a, that'd be a big bonus for Iowa. It it's, seems silly to think that this defense is as good as it has been, and they're missing guys, well, right? Well, you I know, mean, I mean, I mean, really? Van, Lucas Van Ness is – a very very special football player and his strength and speed and agility 
whether he's on the edge or in the middle. He just causes problems for offenses. And the more he plays, I'm all, I'm all for him playing 75, 75 snaps a game like Logan Lee has been playing. I'm all for that. Absolutely. Well, uh, the, thing, the thing I wonder about with, with Van Ness is if there's a diminishing returns on that, and that's maybe why they limit him a little bit, is they found that, you know, if he goes over 50 snaps, that there's, you know, there's He runs out of gas. There, and he's not as explosive. Oh, that may be true. That, that certainly could be true for that. But there's nothing to complain about, you know, uh, as it relates to the Iowa defense. And hopefully we get to see the offense. I know last week I was supposed to ask you about a basketball recruit. Oh, that's right. I didn't get to it. You're right. I, when I was texting you because yes. I was listening to you guys, this this kid from Ellsworth, Tom, out of nowhere, is this oh, is yeah, this the, a kid we really want? And yeah. Tell Do we really want him? And is that a possibility? Because that came out of nowhere, right? Yeah, he's kind of one of those guys that's been um, – you know, I think everybody's kind of getting to know him nationally. I, um, I know Missouri offered him yesterday, too. So he's been getting picking up some good offers. Arizona State, I know, is involved. Um, I'm not sure what his plan is right now. Um, but as far as visits or anything, I don't know that he has anything scheduled. Uh, but interesting kid. He's, you know, he's tall, protects the rim. Um you know, his, his videos are really all we've got we can go on. Um, you know, he steps out to three and shoots it pretty comfortably. So um, I, I think he's he's intriguing at least. And they do need to get another big, um, you know, preferably somebody with some experience. Um, well, until they can, you know, kind of get the NIL stuff figured out and be able to compete in that space because. When you go in the portal looking for a big man or looking for anybody really uh, of quality, you're going to have to open up the checkbook. That's just the harsh reality. Well, you know of they've they've tried <laughs> so hard. They've gone in on these five stars and and gotten so close and just are losing out. But here's the thing: think about the money, I uh, money, but the hay that Iowa has made over the years with guys like Reggie Evans, guys like uh, Doug Thomas, right? Guys like that who can protect the rim get rebounds, play a little bit of defense, and they give you a little offense here and there and what they can contribute to a team. I get excited about that when I already see that you got Owen Freeman coming in there. He can shoot. Fine. Okay, that's a center that can shoot. We've got guys who can put the ball in the hole. I get excited about guys who play a little bit of defense for Fran's team because that is was what they need. So I saw this kid, and I'm like, you know, that's really interesting. He's from Senegal. I think he's played two or three years, right? Be interesting. He's at Ellsworth Community College, and he's right here, and Iowa is uh, is looking at him. All right, Tom, so the Hawks go on the road. They open the Big Ten season at Rutgers this weekend. It's a, uh, a Rutgers team that does not score very much, which plays right into Iowa's team, uh, hands. Uh, how are you feeling about this game without giving us your final that I know you like to give out on Thursday evening or Friday morning? <laughs> well, I feel like Iowa's going to win. And uh, the, the over-under is now, I, I was told today, down to 34 and a half. And I think I would still take the under. Well, it, it, seemed, it first, seems reasonable. That's for sure, figure. Tom. <laughs> Look, all, all right, we're out. Hey, thanks, thanks Tom. Appreciate it. Great segment. We'll check you next week. You're going to be right.
by the way. We'll catch you. We'll catch you next week. Tom Kaker, the HawkeyeReport.com. We'll be back on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700. And we're back here at G Mix. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. Try to turn you down. We're doing a better job of understanding what we're doing here. With I, it was, it was, this gray, was all, but, all yeah. in my own, my own doing. doing here. This is the portion of the program that we call housekeeping. That's right. <laughs> Where we got to make sure we thank our great sponsors because we, we I, are very happy that they are keeping us on the air for 19 straight years. By the way, get a little bit on Tom's website. There's a whole, what do you listen to podcast thing today? And nobody named us. And I'm not going to put my own name out well, there. Well, why wouldn't you? Because I'm not. I'm just not. But listen, we, we are the, we're the longest-running podcast of Why all wouldn't of them. We were number one. Show me where it is. I'll put it out there. Well, we should do it because. Just for the record, AMPM Plumbing, I have a story. You do? I had a plumbing incident uh, late Friday afternoon. Was this, did you, did you eat a little too much cheese? No, no, oh, no. Okay. This was a faucet that decided to just go volcano on me. And Nice. And uh, so I called AMPM Plumbing. Same price, day or night. Brian, kind enough to come over, help me out. Got it settled down so that I could use water the balance of the weekend. <laughs> there you go. And uh, uh, came over today. and He didn't, but one of his guys came over today and put in a new faucet. And not that I don't know how to put in a new faucet, but there was a specific issue with the countertop. That it was on, uh, like, I'm, I'm like a marble it, I'm thing? Not, I am not doing it in the kitchen. Well, I've got the same issue. I, right. I get them out there because I am not doing it there. It's too much to mess with. I don't, and, and yep. I didn't want to ruin, ruin the countertop. By the they, way, Delta has denied me the claim on – they gave me a faulty faucet, and they just will not give it to me because they can't see the leak. I'm like, how do I show you this? Take pictures. I'm like, well, there's not water all over my floor. This is just leaking. Anyway, go ahead. At so anyway, they took so, so AMPM Plumbing comes to the rescue again. Good for them. Love An- Angie Lancaster here. Right here and sold your house in one day. This one day. This is absolute truth. Uh, is Brian here? No, I haven't seen Brian. Brian, Brian out. Key Mortgage, uh, of course, we appreciate his support of the Hawkeye Huddle. And our friends at, uh, right for the Fifth Street Five right here. And G-Migs. <laughs> and G-Migs. At Private Wealth Asset Management. Uh, they're here in West Des Moines as well, uh, here on Fifth Street. And they do the Fifth Street Five for us each week. I uh, kind of want really to let everybody know about what a great little area this uh, f- the Fifth Street here in Valley Junction is. Dude, it's is. the junction. It's the junction, I know. But reminding everybody of that with the Fifth Street Five. Our Fifth Street Five, it was hard to hear last week because we had some commercials playing over us. So we were trying to keep it simple. Give us your top five quarterbacks in Iowa football history, right? Okay, now, here's the thing. That's a lot of guys, right? So... Let's go quickly through this. And by the way, there are, when we say this, we want you to tweet at us, right? Right. Well, so so wait, let, wait, we wait. got one coming up, but let's talk about what we came up with. Well, certainly my top five, and I'm going to start at number one because it's easier for me to do it that way. It's Chuck Long. Yep. And, agreed. And, totally agreed. And Chuck Long changed the trajectory of Iowa football. He was number two in the Heisman in 1985. He was a quarterback in the best football game I ever I've ever seen live and in person in spite of uh, many others since then that have been fantastic but number one versus number two number one all-time passer 10,441 yards and he could put the ball anywhere Scotty Halverson one of his key targets he put the ball anywhere it was it Billy Happel Billy Happel uh, of course Ronnie Harmon he he could put the ball in who's number one Jonathan Jonathan Hayes his tight end 
Yeah, yeah. Hey, no, go back to that. Go watch the. Uh, it's on YouTube. The Texas, uh, the Texas oh, game, the Freedom Bowl. It was the after they had like lost a couple of co- close yeah. games because everybody got hurt. They should have gone to the Rose Bowl, but everybody got hurt. They lost a couple games, so they went out and beat Texas in the rain, fifty-five, 55 to, to seventeen. 10. I thought it was fifty-five yeah. ten. Whatever, was, go on. Oh, they destroyed them. Okay, so that's number one. I'm I'm in agreement with you. What do you, what do you we're going backwards. So we're going to do number two. Uh, number two for me is Chuck Hartley, uh, who extended in the late '80s. Uh, Iowa's quarterback dominance, dominance yeah, uh, yeah, of Big yeah. Ten football. Dude could throw the ball anywhere he wanted. Uh, had some incredible games. Uh, there's one at Indiana that comes to mind. I think they even lost that game. But he was a they great. They did lose that game. But they he had w- 500 and some yards. To he was, yeah, it, yeah. Chuck Hartley was a, a fantastic quarterback for the Hawks during his time there. Um, My number two yeah. uh, is going to be in Never Saw Him Play. Uh, it's about reading. It's about talking to your father here. Right. It's about talking to my father who passed away right. last year. Uh, Randy Duncan, number one uh, choice uh, draft choice in the NFL uh, back in the uh, what is that? Fifties. Fifties. Um, led him to a couple of Rose Bowl wins. Randy Duncan uh, at, from here in Des Moines. I met him once uh, in later, la- later in life um, when he was working on a, a couple of charitable things with me. Great guy, but um, he was. So good that he was the top pick in the NFL draft. You got to put him up there. He's Absolutely. my number two. My number two. He, his number's also on the scoreboard. It or is. The it is. Press by box. The, the press box. Number three. Uh, Brad Banks. Uh, yeah. W- one year. Uh, one year. Two th- it's a one year wonder. One year wonder. Two thousand two. Number yeah. two in Heisman. Uh, did some things that. How, how much fun would it be to have a guy like Brad Banks, back there who who when uh, things went went south for the quarterback could make things happen with his feet and with his arm funny he just had a, he had a, he was on a great team but he, he led that team and yes. he, and, and he yes. led them to victories and comeback victories and exciting games and so brad banks is my number three uh, underrated parts about brad banks okay yeah we we know he can run and throw could run and throw at the same time and he only had 10 or 15 plays they ran but right? guess guess what unbelievably accurate on the run, unbelievably threw darts, absolute darts, unbelievably accurate, and played big in big games. Yes, he did, and that's 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 one of the things. So that I'm I'm agreement. He's number three, number four. Ricky Stanzi, uh, a little bit a little bit of moxie, a lot of moxie. You Ton, don't lo- if you don't love you don't if you don't love it, leave it. Leave it. Um, but he came in and you know had, had Kirk stayed with him in the in his sophomore year. And stayed with him. I think we would have had a, obviously a better season than than back and forth. Yeah, when with it, when, he, when the Jake Christensen thing, they would have well, they would have beat uh, Pittsburgh that year, and things would have been different. Uh, by the way, he had seventy three hundred and seventy six total uh, yards. His yardage came from running the ball too, and you don't even think about that. But he right. would pull it down and run every once in a while. So I I, I actually had him number five. Who'd you my have number, for? My number four was, was C.J. Beathard because Wait, of, Who's my number five? You go 13-0 when you're starting uh, out of the gate. You're going to the – you you got your team in the national championship uh, race. And he made plays with his feet. He made plays all over the field. And then the year – the next year when things weren't going so well, he was an absolute doggone warrior. Right. Remember him limping out there in the bowl game? And they're like, how can they be playing this guy? Right. Right? And he's still in the NFL. I put him up there as well. There's tons but, of But the guys. honorable mention, I, I guarantee you for all three of, of our, or four of our boys, uh, Colby, Trey, Matt, and Andrew, Drew Tate will be on their yes. list. Yep. 
uh, yep. if nothing else, for the Capital One game. We were all there. We were all, all there. The, yep. And, and, and uh, I would think that who, who else in the recent history w- would be on their list? That's probably it. That, that's I don't the, think Nate Stanley was exciting enough for any of Nate those Nate Stanley guys. is the second leading passer in and, Iowa and football history. And he was a great quarterback. Yeah. Um, if you disagree with us, please tweet at us right. and tell us, right? We right. want to know, right? I'm at Hawkeye Huddle. He's Hawkeye Huddle, right. too. Now, Let's this move. week, right. this week, what well, we want you to give us your top five. This this week, well, why don't you give us your top five, all right? Okay. The, the, the top five games where you can remember Iowa scoring less than 10 points and winning. Oh, my gosh. T- t- how about 20? 10 Oh boy, I'm gonna to have to look it up. There, there, was a there nine, might not, there might not even be five, but I think there was there are. a nine six game against. Uh, there's a nine Michigan. six game. There's a five four game. We six had four, one two weeks ago. Six four seven three. Yeah, we had one two weeks ago. I mean this because this is going to be a very low scoring game, so it plays into that. And we'll we'll play let's, with it. Let's next say week. less than seventeen points. Okay, how about less than seventeen points and they win? Iowa scores less than 17 points. Top five victories, less than 17 points, but they win. What if Rutgers will be one this week? We beat but Rutgers when I was in four, Dallas once, 14, 14 to 7. 14 to 7. I was in Napa Valley, right? right. That, and then that was 16 after we thought we thought we were going to be something, right? And we had to struggle to beat them that year. So this Rutgers team, so this allows us to transition, by the way, into the – It's called uh, a segue. Right? It's called a segue. Oh, I missed about the field hockey team. They won. They beat Indiana 5-1. They go to number one Northwestern this week on Friday. It's BTN. on BTN at 3 p.m. They also have uh, – so pre-happy hour, watch some field hockey. Right. It'll so, probably be two to one somebody. There's volleyball stuff, too, as well. They won three. They're six and five. They've got a couple of ranked games now. They hit, entered the uh, Big Ten this week as well in Carver-Hawkeye. So, oh, anyway. Th- are they playing in Carver or are they playing in Coralville? Oh, I'm sorry. They're they playing in Coralville. They, they play down in Coralville. Yes, right. And I they've got Ohio State and Purdue both ranked this weekend. Yes. And I think uh, Purdue on Sunday is on ESPN, too, even. Right? So As well. Uh, how would that happen? All right, that leads us into Rutgers this weekend. We so got about two forty. So Rutgers has played three quarterbacks in their first three games. And Verdal, who was their person, out, out. is he still out? Bedral, the guy yeah, transferred from in Nebraska. Right. So they've got another kid. They got a couple of other kids. They've had a punter play quarterback. Not the Aussie punter because this is no, supposed different, to be but the, it's different, right? The punt off. Yeah. This now, weekend, that's the most exciting part. So, so first of all, they have a re- they do have a statistically great defense. Their offense last week against Temple scored three field goals and a defensive touchdown. They won sixteen to fourteen. They are not a good offensive football team. Now, that having been said, they do have an Aussie punter who knows Tory Taylor, of and course. he is the other best punter in the country. Yeah, no what's question. Your, what's your What's your last call? We got. So here's my last call: is is that the Iowa offense continues to struggle but making strides and with those strides come touchdowns and to beat Rutgers I don't think you need to score five touchdowns I think you can need to score two Hustle. or three. Music's going. Oh sorry uh, 20 to 10 Iowa.